0: Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined once again by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's
1: going good, Henry. It's a nice, quiet evening. Yes, it is. Yeah, but it's nice being
0: here with you. Likewise. And uh, yeah, it's Sunday november 11th and today we're going to talk some daredevil daredevil season three has dropped on netflix it's actually been out for what a couple weeks now
1: yeah it was like a good
0: like three weeks yeah and um we're gonna get into it uh but first though um like we often do we're gonna get into some geek news so what do you got for us perfurio
1: so, Henry, are you a fan of anime?
0: A bit. I'm not super huge into anime, but a bit, yes.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Then this news might excite you. So, two popular anime shows, My Hero Academia and Attack of Titan, are going to be made into live action films. Uh-huh. If we, If you haven't heard of them, this is basically the gist of it. So, My Hero Academia has a setting where everyone has a superpower, except for, like, 1% of the human population. In that 1%, we have our main character, Izuku, who's trying to make a name for himself in a world filled with supers. So it's like, think, like, Avengers, but times 100. Okay. (laughs) And then Attack on Titan has these human-looking titans that roam around eating people. But humanity's last hope is a small team called the Survey Corps, who's specifically trained to kill these titans. And I say it's time to bring anime to the mainstream and get it done right. You know, beyond issues of like whitewashing and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, cool. I mean, you bring up two things that that jump to my mind immediately. It's that one. Yeah, like why not anime, right? Because the success of superhero and comic book properties has been so great in recent times, and that. You have to think, well, why not tap in and tap into Manga and anime and that sort of thing, right? And then yeah, number two, what I'm gonna be looking most closely at is how do they handle the cultural side of mm-hmm. these adaptations, right? Um, you know, anime is uh, Asian originated, right? And we've seen a lot of this stuff be butchered pretty badly. Uh, in, in recent times, you know, uh, Ghost in the Shell is quite noteworthy in that department, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping an eye on, on how these go, for sure.
1: Okay. And next, if you're excited about any new Star Wars material coming out anytime soon, you're going to have to wait a bit. Okay. Because according to Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, the Boba Fett movie that we were promised is not going to happen. Disney is more invested on their Mandalorian live action series instead. Mm -hmm. And especially after the disappointing box office performance of Solo earlier this year, it wants to like stand hold on any other standalone movies. So Mm -hmm. you know, Disney wants to play it safe and continue telling the new trilogy story before jumping ship and work doing standalone films again on a yearly basis. Um, It doesn't bother me so much, since I had little care for the character. But maybe that's why it's not having its own film, because they're putting out these films that nobody's caring about, you know?
0: Yeah. It is interesting. You know, I think we are seeing a little bit of Star Wars fatigue happening. And, um, yeah, you know, in the past, Star Wars hasn't been like every year there's a new movie type thing right that's just a recent thing and i think audiences aren't really ready for that it's just too much star wars but on at the same time you see marvel studios put out three movies a year Mm -hmm. and no one is saying it's too much well i shouldn't say nobody uh but you know it's not the mainstream opinion that there are too many marvel studios movies right in fact a lot of people, the two of us, definitely, we want more, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so why can't Star Wars replicate something like that? I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. Um, why do you think, you know, one Star Wars movie is too much, whereas three Marvel movies, in a way, isn't enough? Why do you think that? I think it's like what
1: you said in an earlier podcast, how like Marvel, they're able to make all these films, but make them so fresh every movie like it could stand on its own like you could like thor ragnarok and black panther same universe but totally kind of different settings like thor happens in space black panther happens in wakanda and the plot the plot's basically the same like the hero falls they kind of have to find themselves and then rise back up but I guess like the situations they're placed in makes it really different.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the way the stories are told are so different that it doesn't feel like the same movie over and over and over again. Mm -hmm.
1: Whereas Star Wars, I think it's just they're doing the same thing. Like, yeah, but they're just like changing up characters. They're not changing like the story or the setting. So we're just like, we've seen this before, like with Solo. I feel like we've seen it before with Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. So it's just like nothing new here, (laughs) just a different character.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed.
1: And our next story, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, then you may know the character Abu. He's owner of the Q Ewok Market and is of Indian heritage. The problem of the character is that he's heavily stereotyped of having like Indian traits, like a heavy, thick accent, and he's voiced by a white guy. Now, creators of the show have addressed the issue, but it's been an ongoing conflict for years. Instead of instead of finding a way to resolve the problem, the creators are just gonna write off the character without explaining, giving any ex- giving any explanation. They don't want to make a big deal out of it. But, you know, as a longtime viewer like me, it's just like a blow to the heart not being able to see him in any future episodes.
0: Okay. Uh, This is interesting because I just heard of this new story today. And um, it is very interesting. Uh, There was a documentary that came out last year called The Problem with Apu. Uh, Fascinating and it went into a lot of the stuff that you just mentioned you know the the fact that it's a white actor voicing this very very stereotypical uh character um but that's interesting that you're a longtime Simpsons fan I'm i did not know that number one uh-huh. and number two it sounds like you kind of wanted to see some sort of I don't know, closure or farewell with this character? I mean, for me, it would have made sense.
1: Yeah. Or even, like, if they had a problem with the character, like, change him up a bit, mm-hmm. um, have, like, an Indian voice voice him, but I, I maybe it won't feel the same. Maybe <laughs> that's it also. But, you know, he's been there since, like, the beginning. Right. Like, his his voice, <laughs> as heavily stereotyped it is, it's very notice. It's it's noticeable, you know, mm-hmm. you can yeah. acknowledge it very fast.
0: Did you think the character was funny?
1: Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, I started watching at a young age before, like, the whole, like, kind of, like, PC yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, looking back at it, it's like, ugh, like, you kind of, like, cringe, <laughs> and you're just like, ugh. Yeah, you like, cringe kinda, a bit. And it's like, I know that's offensive, but... It's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's kind of complicated, right? But I think the way it was handled, the way you just described it, it's a kind of a common thing now. Like once something is deemed offensive, um, the perpetrators of it just drop it like a hot potato. You know, um, I think there was kind of a missed opportunity here, right? Th- there was an opportunity to sort of confront this and maybe to correct it a bit, and maybe. Give him a nice send-off, that maybe um, made up for decades of of an offensive stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I I have no idea what that would be. You know, I, a different uh, like a, a, a Indian American uh, actor voicing the character, or um, giving him like I don't know. A, 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 an honorable send-off it's hard to say um but it does seem weird that just all of a sudden one day the character is just poof gone yeah right yeah i kind of i'm kind of with you there
1: Mm -hmm. and if we don't already have some attachment issues we got another character leaving another show kind of and that is rick grimes played by andrew lincoln in the walking dead yeah it's not news that he wasn't gonna. The character
0: was not leaving the series. And uh, we probably don't need a spoiler alert this, but just in case people don't know the state, the current state of Rip Grimes, maybe you wanna um, tune out for the next couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I yeah. If you don't know that, that sorry. <laughs> um, I haven't seen last week's episode with his final act, but basically. AMC and Andrew Lincoln have made announcements that Rick's story is not yet over. The studio is going to release three Walking Dead films, picking up on where last week's episode left off. So everyone's favorite cowboy is going to be seen on the small screen in three films. And, you know, we're going to continue with the Rick Grimes story whether yeah. or not, not it's going to be on the walking dead TV series
0: yeah uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this <laughs> uh, but why don't we uh, put those on hold for now because uh, maybe a little a plug here but uh, our next episode we're going to talk about walking dead we're going to have a whole episode about walking dead about the past of it the present of it and the future of it so um, this recent news story is certainly part of that Um, Why don't we save it for them? Okay. Cool. Uh
1: And last but definitely not least, for our news stories, the announcement of Disney's new streaming service. So, last week, Disney CEO Bob Iger gave an official name to this project. It's going to be called Disney Plus. Okay. But that's not the biggest news. The biggest awesome news is that there's some projects that are already given the green light okay. such, as as, such as the mandolin show that i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. Loki is going to have his unlimited series and best of all cassie nandor uh-huh is going to return <laughs> and diego luna is already reported to repri- reprice his character
0: okay wow
1: and you know we got reports of like falcon scarlet witch and winter soldier having their own show but it's not official yet.
0: Okay, but. those are, you know, not confirmed, whereas the Loki, Cassian, and Mandalorian series are yeah. confirmed.
1: Uh-huh. But, cool. I mean, just off that information alone, you could count me in as being the first person to sign up for this <laughs> service. In? Yeah, this can just take my money. Uh, there
0: you go. I was going to say I'm automatically in, too, but I thought the Falcon slash Winter Soldier show was also among the confirmed. I'm going to wait for that one. That's the one that will get me. If they confirm that show, I'm in. Particularly if it is Anthony, Ma- Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, again, as these characters. Um, but regardless, this Disney Plus thing sounds pretty amazing, right? It sounds mm-hmm. like something we can, you know, we must have, basically, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah.
1: early, earlier this week, um, Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky, Winter yeah. Soldier, uh-huh. he was on, I want to say, the um, Jimmy Kimmel show. Okay. He was promoting his latest movie, which I don't know what it is. Okay. But Jimmy Kimmel asked him about this project. Oh, okay. With, if it's a natural to-go kind of project. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, shrugged it aside and was just like, oh, that would be a very exciting idea. I'd be uh-huh. totally down for that. So he kind of, like, is acting dumb in a way. <laughs> but so he hasn't confirmed. Oh, yet.
0: He's staying tight-lipped on it, uh-huh. it sounds.
1: Whereas, like, Tom Hiddleston, like, when they announced that Loki was going to have his own show tom hiddleston reported like oh yay loki having his own tv show yeah Um but he hasn't made like an announcement saying like if he's gonna re- continue as the character mm-hmm. yeah so that's still no word on that but the show is gonna happen
0: okay that's interesting well yeah we'll see what happens um yeah very intriguing I- i'm I'm a little worried that the original actors, this is for the Marvel stuff, at least. It sounds like Diego Luna is pretty much in for the the Cassian show, right? Yeah. Um, But for the Marvel stuff, it does sound like we're not going to get the original actors. You know, even if all of these shows, Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Falcon slash Winter Soldier, if they all get confirmed, I really kind of wonder if we're going to get those original MCU actors, it kind of sounds like it's not going to be, I don't know. Any thoughts there?
1: Well, I feel like maybe like, you know, these are Netflix shows or not Netflix shows, but like web series shows. Yeah. So I feel like their schedule, it's much more tighter. Whereas like primetime shows, like it's like a weekly kind of thing. So they're not, so their schedules are a lot, longer yeah you know, like you know with netflix shows every so much filming and production is done a lot quicker yeah because yeah. they have to get it done like you know when they release these kind of shows it's like oh here's all the 13 episodes here you go yeah where it's yeah. like a year-long primetime show they are just like we re- we're recording here's yeah, one episode yeah. we're recording here's another episode you know yeah so yeah. i feel like with actors like like these big time a-list actors like they're it's more flexible
0: within their scheduling to be able to do
1: these tv shows
0: yeah yeah that's a good point that is a good point because with uh traditionally tv it's you know it has less room for um for, like, projects like these, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing about, um, you know, talking about The Walking Dead. Like, a lot of the cast of The Walking Dead, they had to give up other opportunities, like, to do movie and stuff because they were just grinding it out, like, shooting the show, and there's all those episodes, and it's, like, week after week, right? Um, but, yeah, from what I've heard, shows that are on Netflix and Hulu and whatnot... The actors can kind of crank them out, like, mm-hmm. you know, spend, you know, a couple months shooting and then they're, they're done. They're out of there. Right. Um, so that's kind of a an optimistic way of looking at this. Right. So the way Tom Hiddleston could play Loki in this show is if they just shot all his stuff like all at once. Right. And it could it might mean he might have to like forego a movie he kind of wanted to do. Um, but that's about it, right? It wouldn't mean, like, a year of his life gone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that that's certainly in the realm of possibility.
1: Mm. I heard one of the, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, nothing's official, but fan theories, from what I've read on the internet, that would be awesome is, like, the reason why Scarlet Witch would be getting her on TV show is kind of like her, the um, Disney's way of introducing the X-Men into the, marvel universe oh like possibly (laughs) like a house of m storyline of a a scarlet witch kind of losing her powers of reality and getting the x-men pulled into the universe that way Mm -hmm. i mean like i said it's just like this show hasn't even been confirmed but there's like all these things like why scarlet witch had all the characters you know
0: oh that's a really interesting point she could be the entryway for the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, could be, could be. It almost could be like the reverse of the House of M storyline yeah. because mm-hmm. that storyline, actually, you read this not long ago, but basically it's Scarlet Witch sort of losing her grip on reality and uh, she becomes super powerful and she actually causes tons of mutants in the universe to lose there. Mm-hmm. Powers, right? So yeah. maybe it's like the reverse, where uh, she causes some sort of rift in the universe, where mutant powers become a thing, yeah. And a lot of non-superpowered people become mutants with powers. Maybe there's another theory you can throw in the bucket, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, the only
1: way to disprove it is like she, ob- the obvious, she vanished in Infinity War. But I guess we haven't seen the last of her. I don't know
0: apparently not
1: Uh but we'll see yeah we'll (laughs) see (laughs) Uh but um that's all of our news for tonight so henry do you want to talk you want to start off about what we're talking about tonight
0: indeed daredevil season three let's get into it so uh like we've done before we're gonna start the conversation non-spoilery so no spoilers yet but then at some point we'll give the Spoiler alert. Okay, so um, that's a nice little segue. We talked about the Disney Plus service. And um, right now, Marvel is uh, is mighty. You know, My, Marvel is killing it, dude. And um, Daredevil Season 3 really is a great example of this. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of people are waiting for... Marvel to slip up, or this superhero phenomenon to finally end. Um, I have been, you know, kind of keeping an eye on things and looking at, like, cracks in the armor or whatever, you know, Uh, but there is absolutely no signs of slowing down for Marvel, because they're just crushing it. Just look at this year alone. This year, we saw the release of Infinity War and Black Panther. Ant- I mean Man. Yeah, well, Ant-Man <laughs> as well. Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp. Okay, I'll give you that one. Uh, but um like just just look at these two movies. Just those two. It's phenomenal. Th- those two movies are phenomenal achievements. And and not to mention, like I wasn't huge fan huge fan of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but you know, the MCU put that out as well. A lot of people, uh like you prefer you, loved it. Um And then TV. Uh, Marvel Netflix put out no less than four new seasons of Defenders shows. You know, um, to me, kind of uneven. uh, But I think Jessica Jones season two was great. And yes, uh, Daredevil season three was a total home run. I mean, uh, we're going to get into this, but I couldn't be happier with how this season went. Any uh, initial thoughts there on your end?
1: Yeah, same here. I was in love at f- with the show. Um, mm-hmm. At first, it was a little slow, but once you reach like a certain episode, I think it's like after episode three or something, you just kind you can't stop watching. You got to yeah. binge watch it. Oh yeah. You're just like one more episode. I gotta see what happens. One more episode.
0: Yeah. And it just hooks you on. Yeah, um, so I think the two of us do tend to binge these Marvel Netflix shows, but just curious, uh, when did you finish this season? Do I, you remember when you finished it? I think it
1: took me well, – I just started watching until, like, a week after the show came out. Okay. Because I had, like, a whole bunch of stuff to do. I remember you were really busy, uh-huh. yeah. But I think I finished the whole sh- series in like five days
0: okay so once you started you Uh really just like couldn't stop basically (laughs) that's awesome and uh same here so i really went through this quick um basically i finished it the opening weekend yeah that sunday that that sunday of of release i did finish it and it's crazy i didn't plan on binging it and um It's exactly what you're saying. You kind of can't stop watching it. Mm -hmm. It's super addictive, you know. Um, And, you know, I do agree that it was a little bit slow in the beginning, um, but kind of slow in a good way because I like the way the season was set up. I like the themes that were laid out and uh, the arc of Matt Murdock, you know. I thought it was super fascinating, you know, beginning to end, really great. So many great things to talk about. I don't really even know where to begin. Um, But, yeah, maybe we can start with some of those themes. So the season starts with Matt Murdock um, injured, right? This kind of picks up where the Defenders season left off, right? Mm -hmm. So the Defenders season ended with Daredevil seemingly dying. No one was buying it. (laughs) Everyone knew he was still alive. In fact, I think there was a post-credit scene where you see him alive, right? Wasn't that in Defenders at the very end where you see him in a bed or something? It was, yeah. He was
1: being taken care of, taken cared by nuns.
0: Right, right, Uh, right. So, um, yeah, I think... The creators, they knew that, n- that no one was believing that he'd die, so they just threw that in there. Um, but yeah, the season uh, three of Daredevil picks up right after that, and uh, Daredevil's pretty broken, he's he's um, seriously injured, and not only that, but he also doesn't really have any superpowers either, right? He, he has lost his radar sense mm-hmm. and um, he is like truly blind at the beginning of the season, right? Um, so there's this kind of rise from the ashes aspect to to Daredevil in this season, right? Kind of a start f- from scratch. Um, he has to sort of retrain. He has to reacquire his powers, Um, I thought that was all great, you know. I thought it was cool that it was almost like a a restart for him, that he had to figure things out from the beginning again. I also wanted to call out a pretty cool theme. So um, we talked a bit about Walking Dead before, but um, there was a theme that is similar to what we've seen on Walking Dead, and that is... Do we need to give up our humanity in order to survive? Like that is like the core idea in The Walking Dead, right? Um, And I think that was a huge theme in Daredevil season three. Um, It's also a really common kind of superhero theme too. We see it with Spider-Man a lot, right? He's like, has all these great powers. um, And if he was like, I don't know, like a total a hole, he'd be fine. You know, he, he, he'd use his powers to make money like he originally planned, right? Mm. But he has a good heart, right? So when his Uncle Ben dies, he dedicates his life to fighting crime rather than being part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of parallels here with Daredevil, right? Daredevil at the beginning of the season, of, of this season, he's like questioning himself, right? Like everything he's done. He's played it by the books right he's worked within the legal system. He doesn't kill people. He doesn't use a gun Um, But he really starts to question that right he's like Like what I'm doing isn't working and he has these friends he has Karen and foggy and he loves them, but he they, They his love for them prevents him from getting shit done right so he's questioning all that. He's like, I just have to cut them off. I have to be, I have to let go of Matt Murdock. You know, I have to be the devil of Hell's Kitchen, right? He has to, he has to get rid of his humanity in order to survive, in order to help mm-hmm. the world. I, I feel like
1: that one was like opened in season two when he was fighting the Punisher. Yeah. Like, I felt like Daredevil was like the voice of reason, whereas the Punisher was like, What you said, basically, like the system doesn't work. Like just take it into your own hands, and then I kind of feel like that those scenes with the Punisher kind of influences Matt to be this new version of himself in the season. I mean, the show doesn't specifically say it, but I feel like it's definitely influenced by that.
0: I think so too. That's a great point. That is a really great point because it's cool the way this season goes but what you just mentioned it ties into previous seasons too specifically your season two and yeah i think it totally influenced him his experiences with the punisher the punisher he works outside the system right and i think at least a part of daredevil thought well this guy he 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 is making an impact right Mm -hmm. Um, like maybe I would do things differently, but, um, he doesn't follow any rules and there is value there, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't think it's explicitly stated at all in season three, but, um, I, I absolutely, I think he was influenced by that.
1: Yeah. He, it's definitely like Matt battling his own demons Yeah, right. and then just like letting, like you said, the devil, the daredevil. Come out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this whole idea of are we better off without friends? Um, That's fascinating. You know, that's very Spider Man y, right? Like, Spider Man's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to be with Mary Jane all the time. Or I just want to be a kid and hang out with my friends and make friends, you know? But I have to be Spider Man. So I can't have friends because uh, if I make friends, the more loved ones I have, the the more uh, susceptible. I am to supervillains. Like mm-hmm. there, there are many ways to get to you. Like that's uh, like, you know, uh, we're not going to get into spoilers yet. And this is not spoilery, but uh, the kingpin, that is how he gets to people. He finds your weakness. He finds your loved ones, you know? Uh, so Matt Murdock is 100% justified in questioning these things, right? Uh, maybe I just have to cut off Karen and Foggy not have a social life, not have a love life? If that's how it's going to be, uh, then, you know, that's that's who I have to be now, you know? And these are great questions, and it makes it really real. Like, all, all these sort of things he, he's considering, um, it makes sense. You believe it, you know? It, it seems realistic, and it seems within his character to, to uh, think about yeah. these concepts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... I'm thinking neither of us has too many problems with this season. Uh, But did you have any issues with this season? That. Any negatives at all about. The only negative I have is that
1: there wasn't enough. That there (laughs) should have been more. (laughs) You were thirsting for more? 20 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It was really great. It was really well done. Um, The whole series i it was really well written um wilson fist the character was just he was so believable you know i the actor needs like an emmy for his performance <laughs> um but everything i loved about the season it was it was amazing it was great
0: yeah it's hard to find too many flaws here um you did mention the Kingpin character Wilson Fisk, so that actor is Vincent Donofrio mm-hmm. and yeah he's certainly a good fit for this character. no question there were times I felt though that he was a little long winded I mean that's part of this character, I guess, but uh, uh, the Kingpin would go on these like long elaborate rants, you know there are a number of of scenes where he does this, right? Where he just kind of goes off and goes, talks and talks and talks, right? That's
1: like his strength. Like he kind of like plays with words to get to you. Yeah. He plays yeah, these mind yeah.
0: games. I mean, that, that's certainly part of what he is. Yes. But um, I don't know. I, I could have I used an editor on a couple of those scenes. <laughs> just, just, just like shave it down a little bit. Like there were a couple of moments where he was just kind of going on and on and on. Um, and, and so much so that it felt a little bit like no one really talks quite like this. Like he's almost giving a speech anytime he talks. And, um, if you're giving a speech, uh, yeah, it makes sense. But these are just like conversations with people. And it felt a little bit like uh, a little bit not realistic. Um, and it just stood out a little bit to me because this show I alluded to it earlier, but this show is very realistic. You know, that's one of its strengths. You really believe the characters, their motivations, Um, Mm -hmm. the action is realistic. Like these are street level superhero and supervillains. And uh, yeah, it's rooted in reality and it it works that way. And anytime I see something that's a little bit like, "Eh, I didn't really see that in real life, it, it, it doesn't work that well for me. So I will say that, um, a little bit, I got that a little bit from foggy too, where there were a couple of line reads where it was like yeah, a little bit rough. Like it didn't seem real, but I mean, th- I'm being super nitpicky right now because you heard. I, I mean, I, I, I was watching the season. I was super into it. I'm like, there's gotta be something wrong here. And I'm just like nitpicking. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as, Kingpin and Eldon Henson as Foggy. There were a couple moments where I was like, yeah, I wasn't buying them as much, but that's it. I, uh, particularly uh, the cast as a whole. Um, performances were outstanding, you know, really great, really great and really grounded in this reality I'm talking about. I can really feel these people. These are real people to me, you know. Um, I love it. It's so good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so, yeah, I think that's that's about it in terms of negatives. Um, we can get into all the great stuff about this season um, that we haven't mentioned. Um, and I think we can get into spoilers at this point, too, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, spoiler alert. Here we go. So, what do you got? Maybe we just start naming stuff we love. Like, what are, what are some other things you really loved about this season?
1: This season, I just love that there was, you know, when you thought you kind of had it figured out, like, it kind of was just like, nope, we got <laughs> this thing. Yeah. Like, Of the whole, like, about um. Special Agent, what's his name?
0: Oh, uh, Nadim. Nadim. Yeah.
1: Yeah, how he kind of, kind of, has his moral compass back again. Yeah. And then he wants to report himself and then all this other activity. And then you find out, like, Wilson Fisk actually played him. He Wilson Fisk owns the FBI. Yeah. Wilson Fisk owns the jury system. He does... He owns this. So It's like, you're not fighting one guy. You're fighting a government yeah it's like a whole system right uh, yeah a system he like bought it up bought it all out from the very beginning like yeah it's like the small details like he planned his own like release from prison yeah he hired the guy he
0: yeah uh fisk had himself shanked mm -hmm. at one point right (laughs) yeah yeah
1: he he knew how to get nadim to take him out of prison he knew which safe house to get to. Like, it was just like the very small details. It's like, he had it planned down to the very small details. Yeah. And I was just like, I was watching. I was just like, damn. Like, <laughs> like when the, um, that one scene where Nadim joins all the FBI agents and then he's like, he's got all you guys too. And yeah. then the special agent, I don't, I don't remember her name, but her in charge, how she's like, so we got special orders, or you're working for the kingpin now. Yeah, like, that's how you know. Like, for me, that was just like, "There's no escaping him. <laughs> there's no escaping him whatsoever." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The kingpin looms over everything on this show, right? Everything is in his control to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's intimidating, right? And it's it's very off-putting, right? So just when you think like things are going our hero's way um yeah then you realize that like well you don't got it so good because <laughs> <laughs> the kingpin is running shit mm. and real quick on the nadim character it's it's pretty coincidental that you brought up the Apu character departing from the Simpsons because here is an Indian character on a show done really well i think you know um nadim is an indian-american character and um it's pretty cool like his uh his ethnicity has you know is has nothing to do with the character like it's basically like a colorblind character um and yet there are some cool little moments where like he speaks hindi to his wife And neither of them has an Indian accent. Um, It's pretty cool, like uh, on a representation level, seeing this character. And this character also is very complex, you know. He makes mistakes, and he questions his own morality. And um, there are times when you wonder if he's a good guy. You wonder if he's a bad guy. You wonder, is he both? Uh, it, it's a very interesting character. It's yeah. a new character to this universe mm-hmm. um, and a totally welcome addition. I thought it, you know, th- this Nadim character uh, from the FBI, he, he brought a lot to this show, you know. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay, so um, one thing I wanted to call out is the uh, Benjamin Poindexter character, uh. a.k.a. Dex. Mm -hmm. A.K.A. Bullseye, right? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, like, are you going to bring that one up? Because I know you didn't (laughs) want to talk about the character for a bit.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I've been waiting for Bullseye to appear on Daredevil. Um, When season one and two finished and there was no trace of him, I was really like, what is going on? Like, how could there be no Bullseye to date, right? I was almost kind of angry, you know, Um, if, if Daredevil season two wasn't so great, um, I'd probably be really pissed that Bullseye hadn't showed up yet, Um, but yeah, season two was awesome, so I I couldn't complain too much, but even then, I was, I was thinking, man, like, do do they have something against Bullseye, because where the hell is he, you know, Uh, so sure enough, he does finally appear in season three, and I have to say, Hands down, you know, we're talking about how great this season is. The best part of season three is Bullseye. This is my opinion, but I fucking love this character. And uh, there are so many reasons why, uh, but, you know, we talked a little bit about the complexity of the Nadim character, same thing here. This is a very complex character. Um, there's a lot going on with uh with bullseye he's never named bullseye by the way he's always referred to as uh dex or or poindexter right Mm -hmm. agent poindexter right um but yeah where do i start here Uh, maybe i'll start with the the uh, comics comparison we do that a lot right like we compare the comics version to the tv or movie version and um there were a lot of aspects of the TV Bullseye that were faithful to the comics. There all <clears throat> there also were a lot of aspects that weren't faithful. Uh so the whole idea of him being an FBI agent. That's that's completely new. You know, um kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, "Wait, Bullseye is an FBI agent?" You know, that that threw me off. Uh, so that's different and um the origin story is different. So there's a pretty cool episode, I shouldn't say pretty cool, a very cool episode that's Bullseye's origin. You know, it goes uh, from his younger years and um, sort of explains like what happens to his mental state (laughs) and his upbringing. Uh, But basically we see a a lot of him as a pretty young boy. You know, and uh, there was this thing in the comics where Bullseye was a baseball pitcher, like they showed in the TV show. Um, but in the comics, he was a baseball pitcher and he was about to throw a perfect game. Um, a perfect game is very rare in baseball, right? Um, it's a no hitter, but not only is it a no hitter, but. Um, you, there's no walks and no errors also, right? Um, super r- rare in baseball. And he's, he, he, he's just about to do this in the comics. Um, but then he, like, flips out, and he ends up, like, killing the batter, like, throwing the baseball at his head. This mm-hmm. is, like, crazy. Um, so they, they actually kind of did this in the TV show. The big difference was he was a little kid in the show when he did this, right? He was, he was throwing this no-hitter, and then uh, the coach, like, wants to take him out, right? And he the ends up killing his coach, right, by, like, ricocheting the baseball off uh, a post, hitting his coach in the head with the baseball, killing him, and it made – he made it look like it was an accident, right? Mm-hmm. But he actually did it on purpose, yeah. right? Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of problems with that. this because it's, it's kind of far-fetched. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it. But basically, okay, I kind of would have preferred him to be, like in the comics, like an adult pitcher. Because to kill a man with a thrown ball, you have to throw really hard. You have to have like a major league fastball, basically, right? Um, And you can do that you know, uh, a major league fastball certainly can kill a man with the the ball struck to the head, right? Um, But, you know, in this scene, he was a kid, so his arm strength shouldn't have been quite there. And it is kind of crazy that he was able to ricochet the ball off a post, hit his coach's head, and kill him. And he's a kid, right? (laughs) So (laughs) it's just kind of insane. Um, And yes, Bullseye is blessed with incredible hand-eye coordination um that's part of his character in the comics and yeah it's totally part of his character in the show but he does not have superpowers repeat he does not have superpowers so as a kid i don't care how much hand-eye coordination you have but you're not going to be able to bounce a ball off a post and get it to hit your coach directly in the head and kill him with the arm strength of like i don't know maybe he was like 10 years old or something yeah Um, So that was really far-fetched, just put it that way. (laughs) Um, um, But uh, again, I'm being pretty nitpicky because um, there's very little I disliked about this show. Um, Some of Bullseye's origin story was a little bit hard to take, but um, yeah, I'm I'm being a little nitpicky here. Um, Okay, so moving on. Yeah, we see um, him with in these therapy sessions right and we de- determined that he is you know he's got some mental issues right um, and that is totally part of the bullseye comics character too so absolutely you know that that's that's super faithful um, so certainly a lot of aspects of this character is very faithful to the source material. Um, yeah, before I ramble on more and more, um, do you have uh, some takes on the Bullseye character?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I really liked him. He, I really like that origin episode. It gives more... You kind of understand the character a little more. You can yeah. understand, like, why he is the way he is. You know, it, he's kind of like Matt, where they both had, like, a... Crazy and startling childhood that kind of make up for the person they are at that time of the series. Yeah. And that kind of get that character background kind of makes you understand the Bullseye character, um, which I like. You don't often get that a lot with any show.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the only thing I kind of was just kind of taken back was like Bullseye was. Is like King Ping's second-hand man, right? Which you know is not faithful to the comics. I mean, it's not a big major issue, but it's just like ah, this kind of feels like you know like Spider-Man and Iron Man.
0: Like, oh, okay, yeah. Like
1: you got like the this big hero figure, and then he you got like like his little sidekick. And, oh yeah. And then so I feel like Bullseye kind of like. Needs the kingpin to kind of like will um, give his true potential. You know, he can't right, he, right. He can't do a- anything unless he relies on the kingpin. You know, yeah. That's yeah. how I saw it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think this season, maybe the whole season, was a Bullseye origin story. You know, I don't think he became the supervillain Bullseye until like, the very end, basically, right? Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't have that much of a problem him being Kingpin's sidekick, but I know what you're getting at. Like, Bullseye is arguably Daredevil's arch nemesis. Like, he is his his main villain yeah. in the comics, right? So um, where is that? Like, we, we haven't really seen that yet where the primary enemy to Daredevil is Bullseye. We haven't seen that yet. Maybe that's next season um but it, yeah it wasn't this season it definitely wasn't se- this season mm-hmm. um but other things I, I liked about this character was his relatability you know um in a way the relatability of this character almost elevated him from the comics because the comics he was um a little bit more of just like that guy you want to hate like he's 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 villainous he he's, he's crazy you know um, this show really brought a lot of humanity to him. You realize, like, oh man, he's had a really rough upbringing, and he's just dealing with this mental illness that is um you know, you can understand it, like you know people are dealing with stuff that that bullseye deals with in this season, yeah. And he is trying, right? You know, he's trying to do the right thing. And you see, there's this really cool thing where you see his apartment and his apartment is just like pristine. Everything's in order. And uh, that kind of spoke to me because I kind of like things just so. I like things orderly. (laughs) And uh, like, I was like, yeah, I feel you bullseye. (laughs) I'm there with you, man. Hang in there, buddy. And uh, he just unravels. And like, it's, it's, it's kind of, sad to see but at the same time i got excited too i'm like this is this is how i want the villain bullseye to be born like this is this is how it should go down because seeing like his his road to villainy whatever you want to call it um it felt super real like oh man this is how a real person could become like a monster like that yeah. right
1: yeah exactly like when he was first introduced into the series like I, it took me a while to recognize him as the Bullseye character cuz yeah. he's an FBI agent who's who's not trying to kill Fisk or anything. He's actually trying to save him. He's actually doing his job, right, of right. saving him. And then And but
0: he does hate him because, yeah. you know, he's an FBI agent and and Fisk is the kingpin.
1: Yeah. And then Fisk he learns about bullseye and he gets into his head he learns his weakness like that's what he does and he's like he gets rid of um the other character that bullseye care cares about what's her name julie julian
0: um i think her name is julie julie yeah Yeah,
1: julie and then he gets rid of her because that's his north star and yeah then he becomes like the one to kinda of guide him, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. So he's like easily manipulated into becoming like his right hand man. And even like Bullseye himself is like like he he recognizes that Fisk is kinda of playing him in the beginning and he's like, Why are you helping me? Like why are you doing yeah. this? So there's like some humanity in him. Um which was like I said interesting. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, the campaign knows best by the end, you know? Right, right. And even when like Daredevil tries to like tell him like Fisk is playing you and blah blah blah, like then he um Bullseye, like, Bullseye's like Bullsey's just like continues on defending him until like the very end where he knows what Fisk did to Julie. Yeah. And then he turns like a complete 180 and hates Fisk again.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, he has this crazy character arc this season where he's just, he's all over the place. And, the, you know, that goes along with his character because he is mentally unstable, right? Yeah. Um, I have to call out probably the number one best thing about the Bullseye character is You got to see his resourcefulness, right? This is the signature aspect of Bullseye in the comics. He can make anything a lethal weapon, right? Um, In the comics, a lot, it's like a deck of cards, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I was waiting to see that, and this season gave it to me, you know, he turns everything into a weapon, there's this great scene where he takes on Daredevil in an office, and he's throwing pens, and pencils, and coffee mugs, and baseballs, and like everything is lethal, and like the stakes are high, because um, there are a lot of like innocent bystanders there, and they're getting seriously injured, and you can see this guy is not to be messed with. You know, he can make anything uh, a lethal weapon. He can kill you with a pencil, you know, and that is 100% dare, uh, Sorry, bullseye in the comics, and I'm so happy uh, that they brought that. You know, uh, it took a few episodes, so that office battle scene was, I believe, episode 6 So I was like, are they going to do it? Like, are they going to give us the bullseye that Mm -hmm. we deserve? And uh, we got it. We Mm -hmm. definitely got it.
1: How would you compare him to 2003's Daredevil?
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of have put that Ben Affleck movie out of my memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But from what I remember, that definitely wasn't like the worst part of the movie. Uh, the bullseye character. Um, but come on. Like, uh, like I, I keep going back to the realism. Like, the realism is what really made this season fantastic for me. Um, and it's kind of the antith- antithesis of that Ben Affleck movie, right? Yeah. Like, there was no realism in that movie. I mean, Colin Farrell had, like, a bullseye target on his forehead, right? Yeah. I mean, just nothing in that movie was, like, in the realm of reality. Um, but, yeah, total 180 with with this uh, TV show, right? It's yeah. all about realism, and yeah. it works so well. Yeah, bullseye in this
1: show, he didn't have, like, that costume, that comedic costume that we're so used to in the comics. He yeah. just looks like an ordinary FBI agent, you know?
0: yeah um although i will have to say that's another sort of nitpicky thing i want to bring up so the the skills and the danger level of bullseye is really here like we saw that and that's so important uh, with, with this character i'm so glad we got that but um when we see him We've on this show, we've only we only get to see him as an FBI agent and we get to see him as Daredevil. he He dresses up as Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and never do we get to see him as quote unquote, bullseye, right? Like you mentioned, we don't see him in some goofy costume, which is good. Um, and you also mentioned like bullseye never becomes like the main villain of the show, right? And yeah, I feel like if there's something that's missing, may, again, maybe next season, is like, okay, bullseye becoming the main villain and getting, I don't know, his own look. He, he doesn't really get his own look. Like I was thinking in my mind, like how could they, how could they give that to him? Like, of course, they can't make him look like he does in the comics, where he has these like white rings around him yeah. and stuff. But I was almost thinking like he had the Daredevil suit. Like maybe he's like, this is just like brainstorming, but maybe he's like, Yeah, I kinda don't like the way this suit looks. I'm gonna take the horns off. Gone. And then like, I don't like red. He spray paints it blue. So it's like an all blue oh, I see, yeah. suit with no horns. Something like that. That might have been cool. Um hard hard for me to say, but like I just I just wanted, yeah, bullseye to be his own his his own person you oh. know he, not a duplicate daredevil and not a, a kingpin sidekick like you're saying so mm-hmm. um you know maybe uh maybe in the future
1: mm-hmm. yeah one moving away to, into like another topic is i love the prison scene the one shot oh, prison yeah. scene. like you know this daredevil tv show is known for those those one shot fight scenes yeah um season one was phenomenal yeah, yeah season two's the prison scene with the Punisher was great oh yeah and this season was just like oh man like you you kind of felt like you were there
0: yeah that this one might have been the best of the three yeah <laughs> it was
1: great yeah you were there like there was like Daredevil was fighting everybody like there was like a time limit because he was like the cops are coming after me like like there's like you're kind of there from his point of view, like, you know, the cops are coming after him, but you don't like what, like, when are they going to get there? From what direction? You're just kind of like, in the moment, you're just like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was really interesting and brought out the intensity of the, Yeah, you could really feel the mood. Absolutely
0: yeah yeah it was
1: very electric
0: it was it was great it was super gripping and I think up to that point there hadn't been a lot of action this season um, so when that scene happened it was like oh man we're back <laughs> we're yeah. back in business you know and then just like a couple episodes later is that office battle between Daredevil and Bullseye which was awesome and I don't want to go on and on about Bullseye but just a few more things that popped in my head like the beginning of that fight is so dope so it's um,
1: oh, you know, you know, yeah. what I'm
0: getting to. Basically, um, oh, I'm talking. About, I talked about the stakes. Like, like there's this danger level with Bullseye, mm-hmm. man. So Karen and Foggy are both in the building when this fight goes down, and um, you know, they're playing with this theme of like maybe Matt Murdock has to let them go to to protect them, you know, uh, for their survival. So. I mean, I wasn't sure if they would survive this scene because uh, both Karen and Foggy come close to death. You know, Bullseye is so dangerous. And there is a moment where, you know, Bullseye is dressed as Daredevil. He's got the suit. He's got the billy club. He he chucks the billy club right at Foggy's face. And then, boom, Daredevil catches it in midair right before it hits Foggy's face. And, uh, yeah, I think I gasped. When that happened, I was like, Oh my god. Yes. And then this amazing action scene ensues. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the just the, the beginning of that scene is awesome and, and the stakes to it are so great. And um like it, it was the, the the use of Bullseye was so good this season that I kinda got greedy. Like I started thing I started thinking of things that I wanted like, oh man, I wanted I want his him to be in his own suit so that's when i thought of the whole (laughs) spray painting thing and all that but then another thing i thought of was it was so great he used like all these office weapons as uh, office um supplies as weapons um but i mentioned like the deck of cards he never used playing cards as weapons in the show I wanted that man. Like again, I'm I'm like getting greedy at this point, right? Um, but that is a signature bullseye thing. He uses playing cards to kill people. He's that good. Like he can throw an ace of spades at you and slice your your throat open mm-hmm. and kill you. That's bullseye. You know, um, we never got him with the cards this season maybe in the future we'll see but it would have been nice to have them just like maybe holding a deck of cards and like playing with it or something um yeah and the, the my greedy side really kicked in i'm like this is so good i just want more i want more you know uh so uh just just wanted to call that out um but yeah i think we can get close to wrapping up any final thoughts on uh uh-huh, this yeah. season
1: i th- the last season, the last thing I guess I want to talk about is um that final scene where Daredevil fights the Kingpin at the very end. Yeah. That scene had me like you know, this whole season Daredevil's been like conflicting with his inner demons about like what is right, what isn't, what is humane um to what limit can yeah. he push to? Yeah. And when you're in that scene, you're just kinda like like... Because, you know, up to that point Daredevil was already like we're out of options. Like we tried your yeah. we, we tried Foggy's way, it didn't go as planned. We tried this way and Philson, Philson Whisk Wilson Fisk <laughs> finds a way to overcome it. Yeah. And so Mad Murdoch at this point just like, I'm just gonna kill him. Yeah. And even you, I feel like me as an audience member was just like Duh, that's the only way to kinda like um to get Wilson Fisk out of the out of the picture. And then as he's like beating him down, beating him down like I kinda like that it took its time instead of like making it quick. Yeah. Because during that time as he's beating him down, I'm just like like I want I wanted the Kingpin to be dead, but I was like at the same time I was like, no, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't right. feel like something daredevil would do yeah and then even he starts to realize that and then he like lets out a scream yeah and i totally just felt that emotion i was like like he's just like frustrated mm-hmm. but he's also like like i'm not gonna give in to you like yeah like when he screams out to wilson fisk i beat you i beat you like yeah. i was like i totally felt it like i was just in a wave an emotion at that moment that i i felt that emotion by the actor in the scene
0: nice yeah i felt it too and it's cool because it really tied up these themes that the whole season was dealing with right like i was talking about you know um do we need to let go of our humanity Mm -hmm. to survive to get things done and yeah at the end of the season Daredevil was at that point where he like he was like, I have to, I have to change the way I've been doing things. Right, yeah. I have to lose my humanity. Um, I have to kill Wilson, Wilson Fisk. Right. So um, I totally thought that the Kingpin was gonna die in that yeah, scene. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of thought it was gonna be like Daredevil did exactly what he did. He was like he got to the point of like right about he's, he's just just about to kill the kingpin but then he just can't do it it's, it's not with him within it, him to do it yeah, right it's not and, his nature yeah I, and that's so great because like and we talked about this earlier but that's not daredevil he doesn't kill people right mm-hmm. he's not the punisher so it's so perfect that he didn't do it but what I thought would happen was that bullseye would kill the kingpin you know oh, I great. thought that was coming you know like when when Daredevil was like beating down the kingpin um, Bullseye had been like seriously injured by the kingpin earlier in the scene and you don't see him for a long time I thought um, like out of nowhere may- maybe a playing card you know <laughs> something <laughs> would come flying across the screen, screen and kill him um, that didn't happen uh, so I will say this you know what you're saying makes a lot of sense like you didn't know what was gonna come i had some ideas like okay i thought daredevil would try to kill him and he couldn't do it and that did happen but like kind of with that scene i mentioned earlier where like karen and foggy were in in deep danger like i didn't know if they were going to survive that scene and watching this end scene i didn't know if fisk was going to survive i did not know if bullseye was going to survive like who knows you know like um, that's what worked with the season a lot is um, it kind of subverted expectation you know it wasn't formulaic and um, a lot of, we talked about the uh the uh, Nadim character there were a lot of twists and turns with his character too that were like what like came out of nowhere yeah. like expect unexpected kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, so great writing and uh, it was a wild, fun, awesome ride, no doubt mmm um, would you
1: would you want to see Kim Pin return in season four, or you think we've had enough with the character for a bit?
0: We have seen a lot from him, right? Um, he featured very heavily in season one, and certainly this season as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, maybe more than anything, is why I thought he was going to die, because he's been on the show so much, right? Um, but I can understand why they would want to keep him around, you know, um, just to have him like as something you could use in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think um, it makes sense. It makes sense to to keep him alive. Uh, one thing I wanted to call out also, I think I talked a little bit about it earlier, but the, the relationship between Matt, Karen, and Foggy, um, that is super strong too, like... Um, like I mentioned, Matt is really struggling with like letting them go, like letting their friendship go because um, it's just too dangerous, right, to have them as friends. So he he really wants to cut them out of his life. And um, it's so great, you know, like there is an aspect of like, well, you kind of have to be cold-blooded. You have to have no friends in order to be a superhero. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I mentioned The, the Walking Dead. The, the Walking Dead, when it was good, <laughs> we'll get into that next time, but when it was good, like, that's that was, like, the best stuff. Like, Michonne was this great warrior. She was, like, this lone wolf. She didn't need anybody, but, like, at some point, like, she started to kind of lose her mind. Like, she couldn't function just going solo all the time, she needed people. And like, that's everyone, you know, like in order to survive, it helps to not have these like human connections and stuff, but you can't like 100% just shut it all out, right? Um, there have to, has to be some sort of balance, right? So I think we, we find that Matt Murdoch wants to cut himself off from all his friends and, and his relationships and everything but he, he he still needs it, right? He needs his friends, and then you know, over the course of the season, he finds like they not only help him like emotionally, but they actually just help him do stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. um, they're they're not like um, they're they're not helpless bystanders, right? That he has to save. Like the 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 Foggy character and the caring character, they they help they help him. Like they're very helpful characters, and. Um, yeah the performances are 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 quite strong for the most part and um it was a it was a key part of the season i think yet another aspect of of daredevil season three that really worked well
1: um one scene one kind of like episode that kind of like threw me off that i didn't like was um the reveal that the nun was Daredevil's mom?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I kind of felt like that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What What do you think? Like, to me, it just kind of seemed like, what are the odds of that? Oh, to it's, you know?
0: it's too coincidental, you're yeah. saying?
1: <laughs> and I feel like the reveal didn't do much to the storyline. Like, I felt like oh, it was cool, yeah. like, how, how she would help them and let her... Continue playing that role, but now it's like, oh, she's the mom. Yeah, that's a good point. uh Like it Didn't make sense for it to be included in the story
0: Yeah, I didn't have so much a problem When I saw it but now that you mentioned it, yeah, it's sort of like Well, it's pretty coincidental, right? And um, if we're talking about a show that's really based in reality, then um, there shouldn't be too many coincidences Yeah, Um, Yeah And yeah, the fact that she helps him and you know th- there's a bond that is there between them and yeah. we didn't need it to be that she's his mom, I guess, but Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it got a little bit, I don't know, like soap operay with that, I, I mm-hmm. suppose. Um but yeah, I think it's a fairly minor problem. Um And uh, just uh, along those lines, like again, just sort of nitpicking. Yeah, I think the reason why I really wanted to see Bullseye in his own costume is that um, we actually see Daredevil take on Bullseye a number of times. So I think it's three battles, like three full on battles. The first one is that office battle, which is like amazing. I think that's the best scene in the whole whole season. Um, But the second one is a fight in a church, which is pretty cool. And then there's that final battle. And you mentioned it's like Daredevil versus Kingpin, the final confrontation. But actually, Bullseye is a big part of that fight too, right? Yeah. It's like the three of them fighting. And it's weird because are um, it's not like two against one. It's sort of like all each of them are fighting each other individually, yeah. sort of. Yeah, it is interesting. But what I wanted to call out is all three fights feature Bullseye in the Daredevil costume. So it's like, okay, like that first fight when they're in the office and uh, Bullseye is dressed as Daredevil, I mean, it's super cool and everything, but it's almost like, well, we've seen seen that. So maybe after that, Bullseye decides, like, okay, I want to, like, get my own suit or I want to have my own look. I think that would have been cool because, like, the subsequent two fights, I was like, you know, like, we've seen the whole... Oh, there's two bo- uh, there's two daredevils, you know that sort of thing. So uh, maybe a different a different look there would have been would have been cool. So yeah, I, I think it's a good sign when you're really f- looking for you're tr- you're trying hard to find little things to nitpick on. Uh, overall, I think the two of us were mm-hmm. we're pretty much in the same boat here in that uh, we loved. This season yeah it was really
1: good yeah needs some Emmys these <laughs> are some Emmys
0: we'll see uh-huh. um, so yeah we should probably wrap up now but um, oh I think we should talk real quick about just the future of of uh, Marvel Netflix it's kind of we're in a kind of weird place right now because Luke Cage and Iron Fist have been cancelled uh-huh. we do have this Disney plus streaming service upcoming um there was a jessica jones reference in daredevil season three did you catch that i did yeah Yeah. <laughs> there was that uh so what do you think where are we at with uh, the defenders you know where where are we at there
1: well i was reading like the creators of the or at least the writers of the show they got asked like you know of like news break news breaking out about, like, Luke Cage and Iron Fist being canceled after season two, um, the creators of the show were asked, like, what about, are we going to get season four for Daredevil? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, like, well, we haven't gotten the green light, yet, mm-hmm. but who knows what's going to happen. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to be sad to see the show go, especially, like, we said we are both, big fans of it yeah but it also just could be like maybe disney's way of like taking the show out of netflix and yeah. putting it onto to their streaming service yeah um it would be a shitty thing to do to us but <laughs> well mean, it
0: sounds like we're both gonna get the streaming service anyway yeah. <laughs> so we'll be there uh-huh. um but i know what you mean just the the prospect of daredevil getting canceled is a little scary um But look, the way I see it is, even though Luke Cage and Iron Fist were canceled, it really doesn't seem like those shows are really ending, in that I think the characters will live on in some way, whether it's their shows get moved to the Disney Plus service, or if there's a Heroes for Hire team-up show that happens. Um. And that said, if Iron Fist and Luke Cage are safe, and I kind of feel like they are, Daredevil and Jessica Jones are sure as hell gonna be safe because um they're the more popular characters, I think. You know, I think it's more of where they will end up, not a question of will they disappear? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I, I feel like i think disney wants it all i think they want they they want to just bring all this stuff over to their service they want mm-hmm. daredevil they want the punisher they want electro they want jessica jones they want iron fist they want luke cage all of that um and i think they are getting it with the heroes for hire but i feel like um, maybe netflix is like like they're like holding on they, it's like we still want daredevil and jessica jones i think there's a reason why jessica jones is mentioned at the end of Daredevil season three. They want to retain these two characters, um, which if that happened, that'd be great. But I think even if we hear an announcement saying Daredevil has been canceled, Jessica Jones, ha- Je- Jessica Jones has been canceled, I feel like the same way I feel like with uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think we're gonna see them pop yeah. up somewhere uh-huh. else. You know, uh-huh. I'm not afraid. I- I'm not. I-, I don't feel bad about any of this right now.
1: Uh-huh. Two more last questions I have for you. Okay. So one. The snap from Thanos. Yeah, you think that's gonna make have a role in oh. the Daredevil series sometime soon, or?
0: I had, I hadn't thought of that too much, but you know what makes sense to me in my mind as I'm thinking about it right now, is that the snap might be the perfect way for these characters to transition from netflix to disney plus don't you think it's almost like the perfect like uh reboot yeah you know um yeah isn't that yeah i think that would be perfect like yeah just snap and then you could you could have the same characters even the same actors and everything um but you could completely reboot it maybe they're in a different timeline maybe they're in a different universe um and you could like completely like rewrite your world you know so yeah yeah, i think that'd be cool if they had the snap be like the shifting over for for all these characters
1: and two would you want to see daredevil make a cameo in the next avengers movie
0: oh hell yeah yeah i i think i mentioned this with infinity war like i i really wanted some sort of nod to the non-movie characters, right? Not just Mm -hmm. Netflix, but, like, you know, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and whatever. Wait, actually, I think Cloak and Dagger may have come out after Infinity War, but, you know, what I'm talking about with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. Um, Hell yeah. Like, I kind of put my trust with the Rooster Brothers. Like, I feel like we're in safe hands, whatever they give us. Um, But um, it would be really nice if there is some sort of acknowledgement of... The rest of this universe, you know, if it indeed is a shared universe, um, then uh, incorporate it all. Like I think the shows have been pretty good about making reference to the movies, um, but it hasn't been both ways. Right. The movies really haven't uh, tipped their cap to uh, the shows. Right. So it would be nice to see that. And maybe it's not like every single character, but yeah, maybe Daredevil. Wouldn't that be cool if uh, Daredevil showed up in in the next Avengers movie? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, like maybe not in a in a huge role, but uh, just like a cameo or something. Um, it would be awesome. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. With that, we can wrap up the episode. This is farewell from Henry and Perferio.